0: Welcome to Counter Apologetics. Welcome to Counter-Apologetics, I'm your host, Emerson Green, and today we'll be discussing creationism and the flat earth. The notion of a flat earth has enjoyed renewed popularity in recent years. The 19th century was the last time the western world saw a notable contingency of flat earthers. And somehow, it looks like the 21st century is picking up the torch. As the resurgence continues, we should consider how exactly we got here. I see this phenomenon as a symptom of a generally pseudoscientific culture that still practices in embarrassing number, astrology, alternative medicine, and religion. If you listen to Flat Earthers, all their arguments and presentations have the trappings of science. It's what Richard Feynman would call cargo cult science. It's not that they're opposed to reading or learning or something. They're not anti-intellectual. They're pseudo-intellectual. And to my eye, that's the much bigger problem in our culture. Pseudo-intellectualism, more so than anti-intellectualism.
1: Anti-intellectualism, as many have personally experienced, usually involves people balking at those who read books, appreciate art, you get it. But pseudo-intellectualism is different. Pseudo-intellectualism involves people gallivanting around as if they appreciate scholarship and information, but are largely full of It's not that flat earthers are dum-dums who never passed physics. On the contrary, if you dive deep into the rabbit hole, and I'm sad to say that I have, flat earther websites are full of all the makings of real arguments. They even bought a f***ing $20,000 laser gyroscope to prove the earth is flat. There's evidence, complicated formulas about how gravity works in their model, and appeals to rational logic to prove once and for all that the spherists are the true idiots. And for every falsehood told, it takes so long to disprove.
0: Where do you even As start? a casual viewer of flat-earth documentaries and YouTube videos, I've noticed there's a bit of crossover with flat-earthers and those with pseudoscientific views that I'm more familiar with. In the documentary Behind the Curve, a remarkable number of biblical literalists and creationists were also flat-earthers, and at least one flat-earther-slash-intelligent design proponent even cropped up on the atheist experience. There is a proof
1: for intelligent design and that we are an intelligently designed system. Uh, so we are not on a, a spinning ball, spinning at $1,000 an hour, going we're, around. You're
0: saying we're not on thick,
1: it? No, we are not on a ball.
0: Are we on anything that's like kind of, of spherical? Right. Okay. We're on a flat, motionless. Plane. Oh, this is flat earth. Is this? Is, yes. First, let me just confirm. Like, So you're you're pitching this as a serious call?
1: Yeah, yeah no, that's serious. <laughs>
0: I don't talk to believe that there's people like us, but you know there's. No, no, believe me, we're aware. Uh, I mean, we're aware that flat earthers exist. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm curious how that's related to intelligent design. I'm interested in your your uh, thought process there. Yeah, so if we're on
1: a flat, motionless plane, right, that throws out gravity because gravity is what makes planets round. If you throw out gravity, the entire Big Bang heliocentric model is completely destroyed. What he's uh, saying
0: is that if the Earth is flat, the, then gra- the gravity model would be conflicted with that. Um... And I guess the problem that we're going to have with this is that it's not really established that the Earth is flat. So we're not. I'm, well, going, to no, have, no. I'm going to have difficulty moving beyond that question because the whole well, thing seems saw, to saw stem... To see the is flat. Oh, it should go without saying out. that most Christians are not flat earthers. Even young Earth creationists are not flat earthers generally. But how many flat earthers are also creationists? I don't have polling data, but based on the profiles I've seen in documentaries and other videos, Creationists take up a larger percentage of the flat earth community than they do the general population. For one, I think biblical cosmology is arguably a flat earth cosmology. More importantly, I think creationists and ID proponents have created a particular ideology that flat earthers have taken advantage of, consciously or not. The creationist worldview is one that is designed to support falsehoods. Is it so surprising that an ideology that's internally structured in order to make untruths seem rational? Is it so surprising that ideological structure has become occupied by other untruths in addition to the ones it was first intended to support? I think for many adherents of both flat-earth and creationism, the creationism came first, and flat-eartherism fit neatly into their pre-existing worldview. All the hard work had already been done. For example, the extreme distrust of the consensus of scientists was already a given. And not surprisingly, this is fertile soil for flat-eartherism.
1: And uh, about 14 months ago, my brain coach, Michael Lavery, said, Nathan, you got to look into flat earth. And then the more I researched it, and then I found out that it's actually the the biblical cosmology is a geocentric cosmology. Then I realized why they're hiding the truth. It's because they don't want anyone to know anything. They want people dumb, blind, deaf to the truth, so they can inject you with their vaccines and their public schooling and this, heliocentric model, which is basically forced sun worship. Did you know they made up dinosaurs? People in the school system to uh, perpetuate this 6 billion-year-old Earth. Oh, wait, the math doesn't work out. 14 billion-year-old Earth.
0: Some number of believers, and it seems younger Christians in particular, are drawn to the Flat Earth Conspiracy. This has caught the attention of numerous believers, to the point that they feel compelled to combat the trend they're seeing in their own community. Creation.org published the following, It must be admitted that there are flat-earthers who are creationists. These believers in the flat earth would argue that they reject evolution and the modern model of the solar system for the same reasons. End quote. Writing for Answers in Genesis, Danny Faulkner also acknowledges that some Christians, especially young ones, are drawn to Flat Eartherism. Quote, Flat Earth is making inroads into the church. Chances are, you know someone who is bought into this, though you may not be aware of it. Faulkner and other Christians have rebutted some Flat Earthers by claiming that they're taking the Bible too literally. He says that there are parts of the Bible that are obviously not intended to be taken as a literal, scientific, or historical claim. What's ironic about this is that Faulkner works for Ken Ham's Answers in Genesis and is a young earth creationist. The exact same argument that other Christians make against his beliefs about Genesis is his argument against flat earthers. Quote, Some people accuse us of believing everything in the Bible is literal. Well, we don't believe everything in the Bible is literal. There are many idioms. There are figures of speech. There's also imagery, particularly in the poetic and the prophetic passages. Nobody really believes that the Bible is completely literal." End quote. Well, if I were a Christian, I would be worried about so-called Christians like Danny Faulkner, who don't want to take God's word for what it says, as Ken Ham put it, defending creationism. If you're saying this part over here that says God made land animals and man on the same day is not true, then ultimately, why should I believe this bit over here? So, if you take certain passages of the Bible literally, as Faulkner seems to be conceding here, you will absolutely walk away thinking the earth is flat. When President Jimmy Carter was defending the compatibility of science and religion, he said, quote, There is no need to teach that the stars can fall out of the sky and land on a flat earth in order to defend our religious faith. He's acknowledging that's what the Bible says if it's taken literally. He's arguing that we need not do so to be serious Christians, but he's also acknowledging that the Bible, if taken as a document that gives us literal, scientific truth, will lead one to believe that the earth is flat, not to mention that stars can fall out of the sky and land on the earth. So what did the Bible's various authors actually believe? Is Faulkner correct that those passages weren't meant to be taken literally, or did at least some of the Bible's authors believe in a flat-earth cosmology? There are reasonable people on both sides of that question. However, I agree with the late researcher, skeptic, and president of the National Center for Science Education, Robert Shattawald, who said, quote The Bible is from Genesis to Revelation, a flat-earth book. We'll be touching on various Bible passages throughout that I would think support that assertion, but first I'd like to draw attention to the striking parallels between creationism and flat-earth. Tell me if this sounds familiar. There's a popular movement of mostly non-scientists who believe the mainstream scientific establishment is dogmatically opposed to their ideas. They believe themselves to be unfairly labeled a pseudoscience. They buy into a literal reading of scripture. They believe the mainstream scientific establishment is anti-Christian, and that real science confirms the Bible. They believe themselves to be fighting an uphill battle against ideological assumptions disguised as objective science. They both consider themselves to be truly faithful to the Bible, unlike other Christians. They're inherently conspiratorial. They routinely deny numerous branches of science in order to maintain their beliefs. Intelligent design rests fundamentally on the design intuition. Your intuition that something seems designed trumps everything else. Likewise, flat earthers routinely appeal to intuition and common sense. Do you feel like you're moving right now? Christianity and flat eartherism also have a history. A 6th century monk wrote Christian Topography. He argued, based on scripture, that biblical cosmology is a flat-earth cosmology. It is, quote, pagan, he argued, to believe in a spherical earth. Lady Elizabeth Blount, a leader of the early 20th century flat-earth movement, held that the Bible was the unquestionable authority regarding the natural world, and argued that one could not believe the earth was a globe and be a Christian. She had a handful of respected followers, including an archbishop, and a senior moderator in natural science of Trinity College, Dublin. Her organization and the resulting movement gave rise to several books that argued for a flat, stationary earth, including a famous one named Terra Firma. Interest in her projects only dwindled as a consequence of the two world wars, and her organization was revived in the 1950s. If you're still not convinced of the analogy between flat-earthers and young-earthers, let's look into the case of a 19th-century English inventor named Samuel Rowbotham, who is arguably the founder of the modern flat-earth movement. In his book on biblical astronomy, he cited 76 passages of scripture to support his arguments. Rowbotham was a devout Christian, and claimed that astronomy was quote, utterly subversive to all belief in the inspiration of the Bible. So, let me read a few passages from Rawbotham's book. Quote, to say the scriptures were not intended to teach science truthfully is in substance to declare that God himself has stated and commissioned his prophets to teach things which are utterly false. The doctrine of the earth's rotundity and motion is now shown to be unconditionally false, and therefore the scriptures, which assert the contrary, are in their philosophical teachings at least, literally true. The whole system of astronomy, taken together, constitutes a monstrous absurdity, and its conclusions inconsistent and contradictory. Worse than all, it is a prolific source of irreligion and atheism, of which its advocates are, practically, supporters. End quote. So, teaching the earth is round is teaching atheism, in his mind. Similar to the creationists active in our time, he insisted that modern so-called science threatened the very foundations of Christianity, and ultimately amounted to a subversive atheist plot. He cited scripture to support his claim that the earth was flat. He also argued that they teach us that up and down were absolute and quote, unchangeable, while astronomy taught that they were relative. Astronomy also teaches us that the moon is a reflector of light, rather than a light in itself. He argued that this contradicts the Bible's teaching, since the Bible calls the moon a light and not a reflector. To quote Rowbotham, If the sun becomes black as a sackcloth, how can the moon only get red as blood if it is merely a reflector? The fact that the moon will continue to glow when the sun is darkened proves that it shines by its own light. He saw not only around Earth as a challenge to biblical cosmology, but practically all of astronomy. The conception of the moon, stars, and solar system were all threats to the perfect word of God, and were thinly veiled attempts to undermine scripture, and mislead the crowds to atheism through science. Quote Revelation says the stars will fall on the earth. How can thousands of stars fall on earth? if they are larger than the earth itself, and millions of light-years away. The chronology of the Bible indicates that a period of 6,000 years has not yet elapsed since the heavens and earth were finished. Finally, if the earth is a globe, how could Jesus be taken to a high mountain and be shown all the kingdoms of the world? How can every eye see him when he comes back in the clouds? End quote. So, Robotham's ultimate argument in favor of the flat earth is the Bible. He thinks that parsing an ancient text, one particular ancient text, is a surefire way to get accurate information about the universe and how it works. This deeply flawed religious epistemology has consequences far beyond the age or shape of the earth. After Rawbotham's death, Lady Elizabeth, mentioned earlier, founded the Universal Zetetic Society, which attracted thousands of followers. She published a Flat Earth magazine, which remained active well into the early part of the 20th century. After World War I, The movement underwent a slow decline, but it was revived in 1956 as the Flat Earth Society. The same Flat Earth Society that we all know and love today. So the founder of what eventually became the Flat Earth Society is the same woman who argued that one could not believe the Earth was a globe and be a Christian. The modern Flat Earth movement has its ultimate roots in biblical literalism. Of course, the popularity of the modern Flat Earth movement has many causes, and it's not well understood. But, given the history of Flat Earth and the considerable overlap between Flat Earthers and Young Earthers, we're well within our rights to consider this in part another one of religion's many blessings. As I've argued, it not only shares its roots with creationism, but the flaws in reasoning are completely identical. They appeal to the same flawed epistemologies, commit many of the same errors, and the historical parallels are striking, not to mention that many in the church have noted a rising trend of Flat Eartherism within their communities. So we've been referencing scripture throughout, but what is the biblical cosmology anyway? If I were to take the factual claims of the Bible as seriously as possible, what version of astronomy would I walk away with? The biblical cosmology is never explicitly stated, so it has to be pieced together from disparate passages, written by different authors, with different beliefs. The Bible is a composite work, there's no reason to expect every author to be on the same wavelength. Earlier I quoted the late researcher and former president of the National Center for Science Education, Robert Shadewald, who said, quote, The Bible is, from Genesis to Revelation, a flat-earth book. He argued that this shouldn't surprise us, since the ancient Hebrews were neighbors with flat-earthers. They had the Egyptians to their southwest, and the Babylonians to their northeast. Quote, Both civilizations had flat-earth cosmologies, the biblical cosmology closely parallels the sumero babylonian cosmology, and it may also draw upon Egyptian cosmology. End quote. Flat-earth cosmology and biblical cosmology involve more than just asserting a certain shape of the earth. Flat-earthers also tend to be geocentrists, rather than heliocentrists. Consider the story where God stops the sun from moving so a battle can continue on. It doesn't say the earth stopped rotating, it says the sun stopped moving. Christians have argued that God stopped the rotation of the earth and it only seemed like the sun stopped moving. But that doesn't change how the author framed it. And besides, everyone would be violently thrown aside if the earth stopped rotating. The surface of the earth at the equator moves at a speed of roughly 1000 miles per hour. Of course, God must have miraculously stopped this from happening, after he miraculously stopped the rotation of the earth. But at that point, why didn't God just miraculously kill everyone they were in battle against? If you want to argue that the story isn't meant to be taken literally, God is just trying to teach us something here, etc., etc. Why couldn't God have made whatever point he was trying to make without putting a thumb in the eye of any analytical person reading the story? He's God. He could have made the same point some other way. Flat earthers also tend to believe that the earth is stationary, neither orbiting nor rotating. This is supported in 1 Chronicles 16.30. He has fixed the earth firm, immovable. Psalm 93.1 Thou hast fixed the Earth immovable and firm. And this is echoed in Psalm 9610, Psalm 1045, and Isaiah 45:18. And for those who insist that this isn't meant to be taken literally, consider the heliocentric model of the solar system proposed by Copernicus. The Catholic Church regarded it as contravening the Bible, and in the year 1616, banned books advocating the Earth's motion. Another problem, as we've seen from biblical literalists like Rowbatham, is that the Bible teaches that the directions up and down are absolute and, quote, unchangeable, while astronomy teaches that they're relative. There are also dozens and dozens of allusions to, quote, the ends of the earth, which could be taken literally, but could also just be a poetic liberty. But then again, so could many of the parts of Genesis that young earth creationists refuse to not take literally. Their criticism of flat earthers undermines their own young earth arguments which fundamentally rely on taking the bible as the ultimate source of truth it's also mentioned in scripture that the earth has four corners or quarters in numerous passages like jeremiah 9:26 jeremiah 25:23 isaiah 11:12 ezekiel 7:2 ecclesiastes 1:6 revelation 7:1 and revelation 20:8 most young earthers argue that all talk of the four corners of the earth is a poetic flourish And not supportive of a flat earth, and not meant to be taken literally, just like all the talk of up and down being absolute, the earth being fixed and immovable, and so on. However, in Revelation 1 7, it says, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, every eye shall see him. When Jesus returns, supposedly everyone will see him riding back on the clouds. But as Raubotham himself pointed out, how is this possible unless the earth is flat? The same assumption seems to be made in Matthew chapter 4, when Satan is tempting Jesus. Quote, Once again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. Again, as Raubotham pointed out, this would only be possible if the earth were flat. Some Christians impotently point to Isaiah 40 verse 22, which says that God, quote, sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, as if circle could only mean sphere. A CD is a circle. Any disk is a circle. The truth is that there is no part of the Bible that clearly establishes an accurate cosmology, which easily could have been done. In fact, it would have been just as easy as supplying the inaccurate cosmology we were given. While this is entirely what one would expect if naturalism were true, it is completely surprising on theism. There is no reason for God to imply the earth is flat, but if we assume the Bible was written by ordinary men, with no access to special divine knowledge, then the mystery falls away. In Isaiah 40, God could have said sphere instead of circle. He could have just told us that we're on a spinning globe that orbits the sun. He also could have included vast amounts of scientific and medical knowledge for that matter. But I guess there wasn't any room for that in the Bible. On naturalism, an inaccurate cosmology is what we would expect to see in a book written by goat herders thousands of years ago from that area. So who cares? Who cares if some people believe the earth is flat or 6,000 years old? Well, science denial is no joke. The idea that this sort of thing can be contained without influencing anything else is plainly absurd. The fact that creationists are more susceptible to flat-eartherism refutes that idea from the start. If adopted, flawed epistemologies or ways of obtaining truth will not stay confined to one particular area. We should also be worried because flat-earth belief is a symptom a symptom of much larger, more unsettling trends in our culture. For example, the embrace of pseudoscience, and the tendency to flippantly dismiss an overwhelming consensus of scientists. Dan Dennett put it well when he said, quote, If you insist on teaching your children falsehoods, that the earth is flat, that man is not a product of evolution by natural selection, then you must expect, at the very least, that those of us who have freedom of speech will feel free to describe your teachings as the spreading of falsehoods and we'll attempt to demonstrate this to your children at our earliest opportunity. Our future well-being, the well-being of all of us on the planet, depends on the education of our descendants. That's all I have for you today. I have a new patron to thank, John Heron. Thank you, John. And as always, I'd like to thank my Patron Hall of Fame, Jesta, Phil Stilwell, Richard Crossan, Nathan Grounds, and Pre-Nifty. And you can support this show on a per-episode basis at patreon.com counter, where you can earn early access to every episode and access to bonus episodes. If you don't have the money to support on Patreon, but you still know more about the solar system than Yahweh, you can find me on Facebook, YouTube, leave a five-star review on iTunes, or tell your friends about the podcast. Our theme music was written and performed by the band Whalers. The song is called Magic Tricks and was used with permission. And Whalers also has some new music out, so you should check that out on Spotify. Thank you for joining me today. I've been Emerson Green, and I'll see you next time.
1: Yeah, yeah, I believe the earth is flat. I don't believe that that we landed on a moon. Mankind has only been up to... 1,000 miles above the earth's surface. Well, well well, on NASA though, can I read something? I found this this really interesting comment mm-hmm. To imply that the earth is flat. You aren't just saying that NASA is lying You aren't just saying there's a conspiracy within a single company. You're implying there's a conspiracy involving the world's 71 space agencies 13 of which have launching capabilities not only are you saying all 71 of those agencies are lying about the shape of the earth, but Every single person in them is lying or being fooled by their their respective companies. Furthermore, every single astrophysicist in the world is by your implication a scam artist getting paid to do research through telescopes and instruments that would be useless if the world were flat. So roughly 75,000 people are lying about what they do for a living. Not only is it absurd to even imply that NASA uh, program that under, under the United States government could possibly pull off this sort of conspiracy but the fact that all 71 space agencies around the world are also taking part in some conspiracy and every astronomer and astrophysicist and astronaut is also part of the same it just seems that so many different people are involved in this major conspiracy Yeah the uh, all the all the so so I guess um, yeah.
0: so 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 all the